Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor for Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can also find us and all of our podcasts coming up on pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And on uh, uh, Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So this week on uh, More to Come, uh, the horrific and vile attack uh, on the offices of the French satirical mean Charlie Hebdo, uh, the comics community's uh, response to that act, uh, we're also going to look at acquisitions in the comic space and, of course, uh, yet another Image Expo. So, um, Oh, boy. Uh, After, tra- uh, how, yeah, how uh, do you respond to this? I know, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, just also, horrific. Yeah, I mean, first off, it was a horrible, vile act. And, um, you know, when I first woke up and saw the news, I... I I thought to myself, I mean, we have talked about Charlie Hebdo yes, before. Yeah. It is several times. several times. Yes. It is uh, well known in the uh, in the world comics community as a satirical uh, magazine, and you know, this was in many ways as if uh, armed gunmen had had walked in and just you know shot down uh, Will Elder and Al Feldstein at Mad Magazine. I mean, you know, Cabu, who was a uh, who was killed, well, was a host of a children's show back in the 70s. I mean, everybody grew up with this guy. And, uh, you know, these were yeah. these were people. I mean, we, these were beloved people oh, absolutely. and colleagues. Yeah. And, Shall um, we run down the names of all yeah. of the, the, the four, obviously, Well, there was five that was killed because one, unfortunately, uh, very tragically, one victim died in the hospital oh, as well. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, it's an awful idea. And, and obviously, and including mm-hmm. staff at the magazine mm-hmm. and, and two uh, police officers as well. Right, right. Um, but Stéphane Charbonnier, uh, better known, I guess, as Charb, um, Jean Cabu, or Cabu, Tignou, uh, and George Molinsky. Yeah, George Molinsky, a former Grand Prix winner ah. uh, at Angoulême. Yeah. I mean, he, again, was a major, major, major figure in French cartooning. Mm. Um, he was a, uh, you know, these were really, you know, well-known people in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that France is a... A very uh, comics-loving, cartoon-loving, and satire-loving, yeah. which we'll get to in a little bit, uh, country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, aside from, I mean, any people who were shot down and killed and murdered in such a way would be horrific. But, um, you know, I mean, these were some of them beloved figures. But Charlie Hebdo itself, I'm not sure the word beloved would be applied to it. And then, you know, very quickly after this, you know, as a as in addition to... This events and the subsequent manhunt and shootout at a at a, a Jewish grocery store in Paris. Uh, very quickly, these events became a flashpoint for terrorism, for uh, Islamophobia, for Islamism, mm-hmm. for uh, multiculturalism, and for the place of satire in mm-hmm. our society. You know, uh, yeah, not and, to and mention I- all the people who, you know, don't seem to be able to divorce. Well, I think it's tacky from, you know, they knew what they were going to get. 
Well, really, the nature feelings. of free expression, particularly when extreme forms of expression are, are brought to bear in, in a free society, all of this is, com- is, is, is under discussion. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting uh, when you mentioned Mad Magazine. Uh, I mean, much of the discussion, um, uh, including, I think, I didn't, oh, maybe not all of it, David Brooks's in the Times column, I, uh, I am not uh, 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 Charlie. Um, uh, and some, you know, I've heard some editorial talk, you know, Publishing, for instance, the, the, the cartoons in it, Charlie Epto, people said, well, you know, it's not Mad Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it right, it's pu- not. It pushes it's, the yes. envelope on free expression to the nth degree. It's as if you uh, took uh, it's as if you took Mad Magazine, threw in some Stephen Colbert, uh, added a bit of 4chan. And uh, Larry Flint. Let's throw Larry then, Flint in there. Larry Flint. Let's throw Larry yeah. Flint in there I mean, somewhere as well. I mean, it's very complicated. Yes. And it's, it's uh, you know, there's been a lot of cartoonists, you know, just pretty much everybody. I mean, so much has happened. We can only begin to touch mm. on it, especially at a podcast, because so much of it is visual. I mean, there was quickly a show of support sure. among the cartooning community with this, uh, you know, pencil imagery. Yes. There was a lot of cartoons yes. that were showing the pencils mightier than the Weapons swords. of choice. Weapons the pen, of, the brushes, Pencils started by uh, Marciarello, I believe, at DC Comics. So, you know, yeah. Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, and, Twitter. And the, you know, what is this little weapon that hurts right. so much? Right, exactly. So, I mean, that was, a, you know, a, a really, you know, collegial show of solidarity and uh, speaking out for free speech. Uh, you know, Joe Sacco came out in, yes. with a very, in The Guardian with yes. a very pointed piece that was trying to say that the satire that Charlie Hebdo did was not. No, always within the boundaries of what is acceptable, and and you know Sacco, of course, is in addition to being a genius cartoonist, is very has a very very nuanced mm-hmm. take on Middle East politics. You know, he's written many many books about it. Um, so I mean, he was kind of like the um, you know voice for I don't want to say the prosecution. Well, I mean, it's just like there's so many aspects. I mean, to the it. question really- out here is what is genuine freedom uh, of expression after a great moral in support of a great moral cause and what is stupid juvenile and 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 has no other basis than its ability to flip someone off or insult someone but is does this qualify I think this is what uh, is what uh, Joe is trying to say not dismissing obviously the right. horrific things right. that happened no, or true. justifying no. it but is there a limit uh, is simply insulting uh, and, and Charlie Hebdo's cartoons can simply be registered in some cases as simply pure insults with no other basis to exist. Is this worth it? Well, you know, I think it's part of it is that it is Charlie Hebdo. It's that it's not – I can see that for a lot of publications, these cartoons, like if I were an editor, I don't know I'd want them not because of Islam but just because – they're tacky, but that's because they're not for every magazine. But with Charlie Hebdo, you know what you're getting. It's aimed at that audience, and it should be able to exist. I mean, is it necessarily something you'd want everywhere? No. But the thing is, speech does not just protected when it's good speech or, or has a correct point or is smart. You know, stupid speech is protected, too. Absolutely. And, and yet. And yet. Okay. Now, complicating the mix, uh, just today in France, a whole bunch of people are being arrested for making statements that are said to be racist and inciting terrorism, mm-hmm. including a uh, Muslim comedian who mm-hmm. 
you know, I'll be honest, the guy comes off as a total anti-Semite. And, you know, he said he was uh, um, at Charlie Adabidi, who was one of the um, one of the uh, guys who was uh, one of the murderers, you know, who went into this Jewish supermarket and killed four people. Mm. Uh, so that guy's been arrested. And, you know, yeah. now people are saying, oh, well, this is a double standard. You know, I guess there is no, you know, free speech is not absolute. And, you know, to me, his statements were... Uh, you know, incitements to violence. I mean, I'm not sure Charlie Hebdo was, you know, saying, mm-hmm. you know, incitement to violence. But, you know, maybe that's just my take on it. You know, it's 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 so complicated. It's just. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, w- and once again, we have we have a, a tradition in the West that, you know, even if we find what you're saying, uh, if as long as it's not obscenity. Or as long as it's not literally commanding someone to do something. Yes, as long as it's not obscenity, uh, uh, you know, you're protected. You have a right to say it no matter how stupid it is. And for the most part, most people would say that I would fight to the death for your right to say something spectacularly dumb. Well, you know, listen, I hate Family Guy, but, you know, if somebody went in and blew away the staff, I'd be thinking it was an outrage. And and at the end of the day, (laughs) we've always felt that the best response to offensive speech is more speech. You know, if you don't like what I'm saying, you know, get your friends together and get them saying all of them how much we the, don't like what you do you have the right to say it and i have the right to say you're wrong right yeah, absolutely you know the nib today which is uh the mm-hmm. comic section that's at medium.com which is uh edited by matt Bores, uh and it's excellent by the way i mean it's so good i i check it out every day it has some really amazing political yes, cartooning it i didn't and see it today they though. did it today and they did a full-on section that had uh, an incredible range of cartoonists, actually, including one of the cartoonists who had originally contributed to uh, the Gillen's Postens co- comics of 2005, the Dutch magazine, which ah, kind of precipitated yes. this uh-huh. cartoon crisis. Uh, it's also the original Mohammed. Yes, yes, the cartoons. original Mohammed cartoons, which caused uh, people to be murdered. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we tracked down French cartoonists influenced by Abdo Muslims who think they're racist. One of the famous Dutch Danish Mohammed cartoonists, a Pulitzer Prize winner, and an angry Canadian. Uh, so, and it's really, uh, it is a really wide ranging uh, mm-hmm. take on on different aspects of this. And uh, you know, listen, the sad thing about this is uh, so many people are dead, and uh, everyone is jumping on this as a chance to grind their yeah. axe that they already had sitting in the woodshed, unfortunately. Yes. And, you know, some of it's a little bit hard to... to I think particularly in French culture, which is... Yes. Go- and Europe in general, which is undergoing, obviously, a lot of turmoil about uh, immigration, right. uh, about the ways that um, immigrants are fitting, supposedly fitting or mm-hmm. not fitting into the so-called native culture. And so these issues, there's also a big right-wing um, uh, uh, um, uh, how to call it, a right-wing movement to attack immigrants and, and to kind of this whole notion of having some sort of pure culture is becoming, as well as just playing to fears. Oh, right. But on the same time, in France, also they're getting it from the left, which is very so supportive of a secular society that they uh, are strongly against a lot of people's um, expression of the Muslim religion from the left. Well, this is true too. The, yeah. the ban on the uh, was it the hajib and yeah, as well yeah. as the burqa, which and the niqab. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and we shouldn't. We should also point out this is also brought together. 
the supporters of free expression yes. in a huge way. Yes. Yeah. Millions marched in, in Paris and around Europe and here in yes, New York and, as well. Including leaders of countries Absolutely. that persecute uh, uh, cartoonists for their views. Uh, so, yes, that was know, another... I mean, a, there were quite a few cartoons yes, pointing that out, the hypocrisy. hypocrisy. No, no, but, but you know, a lot <laughs> of well. this... A lot of the uh, reaction to Charlie Hebdo is uh, is that in France they do have a very different reaction to a lot of cartoons. And you know, Kate, I think you had some some background on some previous yeah, controversies. Um, well, the history of uh, over the top political cartooning in France actually goes back at least to the early 1800s. Um, <laughs> Twas ever thus. <laughs> uh, Charles Philippon uh, was thrown into jail. How many times was it? Oh, six times and convicted three times for political cartoons. Sure. Um, didn't Dormier end up in Cuscal uh, yes. a number of times? And this never stopped the political cartooning yeah. from coming fast and furious in France. Um, it's it's just a very, very long history of a lot of cartoons that maybe we might think are less than subtle. Yeah. But yeah. it's a long Well, some of that was po- political uh, persecution, oh, yes. you know, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's pretty much always yeah. political. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I think we should also, you know, remind ourselves. I mean, Charlie Hebdo had a circulation of what about sixty thousand? Right. It was not. I mean, it's not a mass market. No. <laughs> However, although by uh, you know, that's a lot more than uh, that's a lot more than the Legion of Superheroes or you know, Spider Woman. <laughs> well, so true. let's put this, this in perspective. True. And you know, today the new issue came out. The uh, surviving yes. staffers went to the offices of Liberation, another French paper that had supported them in the past, and you know, through their tears, put out this issue with with Mohammed on the cover. Very controversial people. People yeah. have really, you know, and I, I, I think it's like so mild in some ways. So mild in comparison and, to what I think a very <laughs> subtle. I think actually very yes. subtly and multi-leveled. It shows Muhammad thus. Like it is by um, Luz, a cartoonist who missed being killed because he had overslept and was hurrying to the office as if the. If ever ma- there was a comic way. Well, to survive. I know it's so sad, but anyway, he put the issue together and he did the the cover uh, image, which shows Muhammad, and he is holding up a sign that says "Je suis Charlie," and then uh, there's French, which I want to. Attempt, but it, it says, says uh, all is forgiven. forgiven. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's actually a very multi-leveled image, mm-hmm. but uh, at the same time, uh, it's some still people, controversial. It's very controversial. Yeah. Uh, but but some, and some people said that if you look at uh, the Prophet Muhammad and his headgear upside down, it looked like a man's private parts. Well, Which, I missed that if, part. If, I missed that too. <laughs> if, if, if indeed was intentional, would be deeply Charlie Hebdo. Uh, true, <laughs> quite true. Um, but you know the uh, what's the issue that came out on Wednesday? Three million copies. You know, uh, I think they actually upped it to five million, and yeah. apparently it sold out immediately. Uh, yeah. You can't get it here in the United States. People only ordered like I think they shipped something like six hundred copies to the United yeah. States. Yeah. So yeah. good luck um, getting a hold of it. We even we at the Publishers Weekly offices do not have an actual copy. We have a printout. We yes. have a printout of a PDF, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and PW, we are reacting to it, uh, actually. Yeah, as a matter of fact, and I mean, if I uh, just quickly, I'll go, uh, I mean, a number of American book industry organizations are responding. Uh, the American Booksellers Association um, has asked all of its bookstores to support uh, Je suis Charlie, um, uh, ABA uh, CEO Oren Tyker, and the American book, uh, Booksellers Freedom of Expression um uh, organization uh, director Chris Finan. They both are out or on social media urging um, 
urging everyone to be involved uh, and to support Sure Sweet Charlie. Uh, many, I think our children's book department also uh, um, ran a, l- a list of illustrations mm-hmm. by uh, children's book illustrators also with the famous pencil uh, image. Yeah. And in addition, Publishers Weekly itself is um, actually putting together a, a tribute issue that will come out on uh, – Monday the 19th, right? Yeah, January 19th, a uh, Je suis Charlie support free expression issue. Uh, you can go to publishersweekly.com slash Charlie. Yeah. There you'll see a page that'll let you basically donate uh, if you want to be part of a very, of either an ad or get your name listed. Uh, all 100% of the money that you pay for these ads will be donated to international nonprofits dedicated to freedom of expression. Among them, the American Booksellers for Free Expression, International Federation of Library Associations, International PEN, and international, the International Publishers Association. So there's a variety of, of, of ad sizes uh, that you can decide to contribute. The money will go to these uh, these issues um, uh, as the page puts it freedom of expression is core to our values and fundamental to the world of books whether publisher or author bookstore or library agency or citizen of the world new sums to Charlie yeah. so, and this is all the more important because any number of news outlets have not been nearly as brave um, because in some cases um, what is it uh, CNN refuses to uh, show any of the images even as background to the story. Um, you know, it's it's not universal, J. Sweet Charlie. I mean, you know, a lot of people, a lot will, of people yeah. will, will say the words and then back it up by saying, but it's very uh, irresponsible to show you what set all this off. Right. And, you know, I... I th- <coughs> Uh, once again, a lot of people have said, uh, je n'ai pas, Charlie. Yes. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I said, just because you're said Boston strong doesn't make you a Red Sox fan. You know, I mean, it's possible to show support for yeah. uh, free speech Absolutely. by saying this without saying that uh, you support racism or bigotry or, or Islamophobia. Or even like those cartoons. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. can, you can really hate the cartoons. And still love the principle that underlies their, could, their, their ability to do them. You could still and to present not them. want them to be gunned down at their editorial Absolutely meeting. Right. Yeah. And, and furthermore, more than that, I mean, this and from what I've heard, a lot of the uh, Hollywood backroom response to the interview stuff, I mean, there's a certain fear that we may be entering an era of self censorship. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything the comic book industry and the comic industry as a whole knows about, perils of its self-censorship that's right because i mean it it led to comics down a hole that it took them decades to get out of <laughs> and it can be very insidious yeah, it can and you know i think if there's there's you know no good to come out of this really but i think it just reinforces something that we know here and we've talked about so many times which is really the power of the image and yeah, the power yes. of a great editorial cartoon is something that yes. you know i mean kate was just talking about the 1800s uh, you know some people have uh, talked about um the cartoonist who took down boss tweed 
Uh, oh, oh, I can't. Yes, of course. Um, um, we're so upset we can't remember uh, our basic facts about comics history. Okay. Nash, Thomas Nash. Yes, I was Thomas close. Nash. I knew it was August. Thomas Nash, Nash right, of course. Thomas we're Nash. embarrassed. Yes, we're embarrassed. <laughs> we're well, we, embarrassed. we had a homonym in our mind. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I, I should also, one other thing we should point out. Uh, this hor- horrible act happened on the eve of the opening of Angolim. Yes. Really, the uh, the great gathering of, of international gathering of cartoonists in France, in the small town of Angolim. Uh, the, uh, the the festival is is obviously preparing a tribute, and they are asking uh, cartoonists from around the world to send their responses and their tributes. Uh, and they're they're putting together a Facebook page, an album for the Facebook page. But drawings can be sent to Je suis Charlie at bdangulim.com yeah and uh, there's also a Facebook group if you go yes. on Angulim A-N-G-O-U-L-E-M-E on Facebook uh, it will come up and you can yes. and, uh, see it there and if uh, all these things are a little confusing for you you can come to our Tumblr and we have links Great. yes excellent. we link on Tumblr excellent because that's how we roll but anyway listen our, our condolences to uh, the French cartooning world and to uh, you know those who who lost uh, yes who lost yes. their lives yeah because that is um, the, ultimately the waste here and uh, you know the world is coming together at the end of the day um, you know we we owe them their support our support yeah. um, and the support to reject violence uh, and in favor of free expression um, yeah yeah Amen. yes um, we'll segue from there. Back to, to back to the world, the mundane, the mundane uh, commercial comics stuff of the comics world. Thomas knows, and you know, boy, it was quiet for the month of December, and now January is <laughs> not coming. anymore. But, but stuff's, are, stuff's the happening. The joint is jumping. The joint is uh, jumping. So, and the so, first thing we can talk about, I suppose, is the acquisition of Top Shelf by IDW. Well, Publishing. this was a big shocker so, to wake up to. And this a word yeah. had not. There was not even a peep of a hint of a rumor about this. Yeah. And what makes it so interesting is that these are two publishers which, on the surface, do not seem to have a whole lot in common. That's right. IDW is known for their tie-ins, albeit mm. very, very good tie-ins yeah. often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some, shelf. obviously, creator of work. And the, some creative owner. But, I mean, uh, that's what they're primarily yeah, so, known for. Without a doubt. No, you're absolutely right. That's their you're, reputation, you're, you're which maybe right. they're looking to mm-hmm. change um, and expand on. Whereas Top Shelf is, is known more as, you know, a art yeah, uh, yeah, or literary comics, literary comics, essentially. Yeah, sure. Right, right. Um, um, and of course, Top Shelf uh, has been around about fifteen years, run by Chris Doros, Brett Warnock, mm-hmm. and Who will be remaining. Yes, with it. and uh, yeah. So basically, the news is that IDW has acquired Top Shelf, but it will remain a separate imprint. Yes. Uh, all the employees, uh, Chris Doros, Lee Walton, and uh, the couple of other people uh, will the, stay uh, on. Yes, IDW How, has bought its own Vertigo. Chris basically. Ross, yeah. Chris yes, Ross, Chris the, Ross uh, the, yeah. the digital it's designer, a, and Zach Boone, the warehouse manager. However, the co-partner owner of Top Shelf Brett yes. Warnock is leaving the company mm-hmm. he is retiring and uh, will spend more time with his family and his blog I guess yes, and, you know we all love Brett he is truly what a delightful person and you know we'll miss seeing him on the trail but I was assured by Chris Doros that he will continue to be the road warrior that he has always been and uh, you know I uh, Top Shelf publisher of uh, really comics masterpieces you know uh, like yeah, they're a home for alan moore eddie campbell they sure. have from uh, hell um, Craig thompson's blankets, blankets. i mean one there. of the, the most kind of changed the marketplace for graphic that novels. was the first uh yeah uh, i mean uh, blankets are really historic eddie campbell i mean uh and of course 
the publisher of really what probably one of the most extraordinary books of 2014, um, uh, Representative John Lewis's uh, March, graphics March. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, memoir, March, with yeah. with Nate Powell and, and Andrew Iden. The second volume of which is due uh, momentarily. Yes, by the yes, way. this just month. Time for yeah. MLK Day, but. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, that's just a, a bare scratching of the yeah. surface. I mean, they've put out so many wonderful, wonderful books over the years. Um, you know, James Kachalka, they've published yes, uh, yes, yes. a lot of his work. Uh, Jeff Lemire. How, Jeff, how, could, uh, I, yeah, how could I forget, uh, uh, you yes. know, Essex County. I mean, Which they is really, an, also a really a, a classic. A, an and, iconic yeah, series of stories. Yeah, and they discovered Jeff Lemire. I mean, mm-hmm. just among the... the you know, yes. scores of cartoonists that they discovered. So, you know, Chris Staros is certainly... Uh, you know, earned his place as a publisher and editor. Uh, you and, know, hopefully he'll continue to. And we should say about that. IDW. Uh, yes, they publish a lot of very good uh, uh, licensed properties, but they also publish extraordinary uh, hardcover reprints yeah. of archive work. I mean, what Dean Mullaney is doing uh, there is like amazing. I mean, they bring home basket loads of, I, of Eisner's every year. Yeah. We just did a story about the, them bringing the new. Um, uh, 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 Corto Maltese, yes, uh, the Hugo Pratt it back into print in a in I, what I'm expecting to be a, a fabulous edition because mm-hmm. they don't jive around. Yeah, finally, um, uh, and somehow or other, I wonder if they have any part in the uh, fact that Corto Maltese has now become a place in uh, Arrow. The television show. Oh, is it really? Well, oh, you know, I, that, I, gotta, I don't really watch actually, it. I gotta watch it. That actually goes back to Dark Knight, uh, the actual uh, original Dark Knight comics, because Frank Miller's a huge Hugo Pratt fan, so he uh, had the island of Corto Maltese. And then I didn't in, know. I, I missed that. Batman the movie, they also make a reference to it, and uh, so I think it's kind of an ongoing. Right. Well, one of the great adventure yeah, comics of all, of of all time. Yeah. Um. So you know, yeah, uh, Craig Yo's imprint. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, what we're having here is a very a small, influential literary art book publisher has been acquired by a very big, a far bigger right. independent, you know, front of the publisher. Book. Yeah, yeah and IEW is a diamond exclusive. They're front of the book. I mean, yes. they get all the advantages that come from that. Um, you know, I think yeah. that they will. Uh, you know, it's good for IDW's market share too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's clear they want more of these kinds of comics. Yes, and and this is a uh, the. the obviously a quick way to do it. Right. I, I think they want to play with the big boys and I feel like they think this is the next step up to becoming more than what they were. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah you yeah. know, IDW announced another uh another uh move this week uh which was that they have gone with uh WME agency in Hollywood and oh, you know yeah, they so have what well, IDW Entertainment does which yeah. is their um, we're more endeavor yeah and you know they are putting together uh you, you know that is the one uh this is representing for movies yeah tv yeah. which uh you know there's so many different kinds of tv mm-hmm. i should say streaming entertainment i guess yeah but uh you know this is the one jewel in the crown that IDW has, has eluded them a little bit they haven't had the um the big uh, media success that uh, a lot of other companies mm-hmm. have. So I think that, uh, you know, all of these moves are, are towards that. And, mm-hmm. you know, IDW, Ted Adams, very, very, very smart publisher. More yes. smart moves. Yeah. And, you know, t- this gives Top Shelf a lot more resources. They're staying in their their Georgia offices. Uh, Chris ain't going anywhere. They're just they're going to have more resources to do what they've ha- what they've always done in the past. Yep. 
So, uh, Heidi, I hear that you've uh, asked around and got some info on Al- what Alan Moore's take well, on Well, you know, this is. was the one thing that people did kind of, you know, everybody said this is a logical move, but the one question was, well, what about Alan Moore? Because when Alan Moore was uh, at Wildstorm, uh, which was then an uh, independent image, creator-owned uh, imprint, and bought his America's Best Comics line there, and then it was suddenly acquired by DC, and uh, I think the legend is that Jim Lee and Scott Dunbeer, the editor, went had to fly to England and explain to Alan what was happening. He's like, "All right, we'll see how it goes." And, you know, I it love didn't, Alan and Moore. it didn't go very well. <laughs> so, it did not go well eventually, and um, you yeah, know, no. with the tragic relations. Uh, so no, I, DC bought, bought right. DC bought it. DC bought, and he's DC back bought, where he yeah. was trying to escape from. So uh, <laughs> there were apparently one of the things uh, that you know, just again, a testament to Chris Daros and the loyalty he has among his creators is that he did go and discuss this with all of his top creators, and uh, just to let them know what was happening, including Alan Moore, and Alan Moore was okay with it. So. Um, yeah. You know, and he'll be okay with it until he isn't okay yeah, with right. it. Well, or maybe he will stay well, okay with it. But, you know, Chris but, you know, has a really good relationship with him. And, has, yeah. and they, they're still essentially an independent publishing house. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you get bought by IDW, it means you won't get bought by DC. That's right. That's right. Exactly. You know, yeah. and uh, I mean, I saw some people saying, oh, wait till they ask them to do a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Transformers crossover. And, you know, I just I think they're smarter than that. I do think they're smarter than too. that. I do, I do think too. they're smarter than that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's true they did a Transformers Angry Birds crossover, but uh, the Transformers guys seemed amused by it. So I, yeah. I don't think they'd push anything like that through with uh, yeah. a big creator I, yeah, who didn't I want it. it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So. I, yeah. I think this is a, this is a, a case of like way more resources uh, being given to Top Shelf to do what they do and to give IDW a face at the in the literary comics market. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and uh, speaking of consolidation yes, and more. acquisitions, more uh, to come. I, you know, we kind of did. I think we said a few times last year that we foresaw more this year. We I suspected this year there'd be some consolidation and. Uh, so another big, big uh, team up this week was announced in that Emerald City Comic Con, the much loved event in Seattle, has been acquired by Read Pop, but uh, which puts on New York Comic Con and C two E two, and uh, special edition as well as PAX, Star Wars Celebration, and uh, it is a subsidiary of Read Exhibitions, the world's biggest exhibition yeah. company. And, uh, and so we used and, to be owned by their parent yes, company. That's right. Uh, absolutely. That's right. And and we were we were there at the birth. Of New York we Comic Con, we were which, there at the screaming, sweating, yes, yeah. crowded, which, nightmarish, which mark the birth really of Reed Pop. Yes, the, everything since then has grown out of New York Comic Con for them. Right, it, this was a company that was strictly a trade show um, organizer, right, and stayed away from consumer shows. Now they've got about fifteen different. Uh, Pop culture trade shows around the world. Right. But There's money in them there, But fans. what's unusual about this deal is that Jim Demonicus, who is the owner of Emerald City, and his staff, they are joining Reed. And Jim will actually, uh, you know, he I saw this. He actually has a, a brand new title that's like director of comics content or something like that. So he's going to be overseeing some of the 
uh, guest and programming, and mm-hmm. his team is going to be contributing to that for the Reed shows. And, um, you know, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we talk about New York Comic Con sometimes. You know, when they have missteps, sure. they really have missteps, but then they always acknowledge them and correct them quickly. Which is not something that you can say for all pop culture No, companies. not at all. Not at all. And, you know, Emerald City has really become this m- beloved... Uh, show it, it had seventy thousand people last year. It's always a complete sellout, and uh, it also is really huge into diversity. Uh, they have so many panels mm-hmm. that are focused yeah. on different kinds of diversity issues, and uh, the staff is that they were the first kind to have major kind to have signs about sexual harassment. Uh, something that yeah. New York Comic Con followed, uh, yes. you know, already kind of uh, you know getting on board with that. Um, and so I think it will be very interesting to see how these cultures connect. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, no, but I, I, yeah. I did have a chance to talk to Jim about this a little bit. And um, he, you know, I, I, I think, again, there's a lot of resources that Read Pop have hmm. and that will really benefit Emerald City. And uh, I think Emerald City has a, has a connection with a different kind of fan base that, uh, that Reed... Uh, I exchanged a couple of emails with Lance, but uh, he didn't tell me too much other than that, uh, you, know, he was, that you know, the entire six-person staff would be coming over. Uh, uh, other than this, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, this is a little side note. I uh, had a story up in the beat the other day. There's been quite a... There's, I would say, well, I mean, there's thousands of events, so having only four or five canceled is not really a huge percentage-wise, but there was a fairly significant cancellation. Detroit Fanfare uh, was canceled. I mean, you could definitely lay that on being in a pretty economically challenged area, but there's been a lot of little cons that were supposed... crowded market. Yeah, but there's been a lot of little cons that have been canceled just in the January and February of this year, and so I think we're starting to see some people sort of realize they bit off more than they could chew, Uh so... Uh, which I think is a good thing. I think that oversaturation in this market mm-hmm. is definitely not a good thing. You want to figure it out before you have a disastrous con that loses lots of money. I mean, mm-hmm. or another uh, what was the Tumblr con? Dash con. Dash con. Oh god! This is why you <laughs> don't let teenagers run your large con. Well, that nothing was against teen teenagers. Cars. I'd like teen con, man. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that what we're calling BookCon in a few uh, years? Yes, that's true. Well, uh, you know, BookCon, uh, we could go on and on about yeah. that, too. But uh, anyway, so, yeah, uh, a lot more happening. Right. And uh, let's see, what else is a big story? This, well, um, I guess the next would be um, Image Image Expo. Image Expo. Yet another Image Expo. Uh, yes, and now these have become twice-a-year events mm-hmm. uh, to kick off the year. Let's just get this get this year in comics kicked off with a you know it's like the mac conference of uh apple conference of comics and you know what they've really done it that way uh i'm looking up some of the books that were announced uh people who join image this time out include scotty young uh darwin cook uh carla speed mcneil alex DeCampi. Uh, let's see. Um, Marjorie Lou and Santa Takeda, Amy Lennox. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, let's see. Oh, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, incredible. Oh yeah, and, and uh, Brandon Graham and uh, Emerald Rios are doing an anthology Great. called Island that will have stories by Farrell Darrenpool and Michael DeForge. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, they're I'm... really just just jumping all over the place, but. Oh, and one more thing. Ah. They actually said that. <laughs> I actually said that. 
uh, and uh, brought out uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang, who are doing a new book called Paper Girls. And uh, also, Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire are collaborating Great. for the first time. And the, for the first time, uh, Jeff will be drawing from a script by someone else. So, I mean, again, Very cool. they just kind of blew the doors off. Yeah. Wasn't there another announcement about the... Um Market share or something? Well, they also did uh, start it off. You know, uh, Eric Stevenson came out. And, uh, you know, Eric is definitely a feisty speaker who speaks his mind. And in past image expos, he often had some sharp words for his uh, competitors. This time he didn't have to. He just showed some slides. Uh, The image is the number two graphic novel publisher. Uh, Ahead of Marvel. ahead Ahead of Marvel. Uh, and who's the number one? Uh, DC is number uh-huh. one, but they have an amazing trade program. We know that. Mm-hmm. They really have a great backlist also. But Image is a strong number two. They show their digital growth, uh, you know, shooting upwards. And uh, the uh, they just released the um, year-end statistics at Diamond. And um, like Saga and The Walking Dead yeah. are huge sellers. Uh, I mean, it was an insanely successful year for Image. And it doesn't show signs of stopping. And what I'm hearing is from retailers that I talk to is that, you know, younger, hipper readers come into their stores and say, where are the new image comics? You know, they want to know. It's a new day. It is a new day. Yeah. And this is a a great day, day, I might add as well. Yeah. Move over Marvel and DC, (laughs) you know. And, uh, oh, another one that was back was uh, Todd McFarlane. He's actually uh, Spawn, still doing it, and he's going to be doing a new series called Savior. So Spawn has respawned? Yes, (laughs) Apparently. Spawn never never really went away. It's up to issue 250. So, so, yeah, but uh, a a lot going on there. um, Well, I have to say that my attitude as a comics fan towards Spawn is, is kind of like a lot of... Uh, music fans toward some zombie bands. Like, is that still around? <laughs> really? I thought they were all dead by now from drugs or something. But yeah, you know, just I, I would I would like to to uh, give a shout out to Eric Larson, you know, who was mm. one of the original Image founders and mm-hmm. has been drawing Savage Dragon yeah. for twenty years, and it's, I think that's up to issue two, well into two hundred yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And you know, the guy uh, they say the Image guys are um, <laughs> they say that the Image guys. Are uh, flighty or didn't draw, but you know, not Eric Carson. He's just been doing his own thing for yeah. all this time, and uh, you know, what's out uh, the tribute to him? Yeah, I agree. So, so, and that brings us to today. I think the end of our. <laughs> yeah, I think the end of our podcast. Uh, um, actually, Calvin, I thought you had something to say about Kickstarter. Oh yes, oh good. How can I leave that out? Yes, I, 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 um, I actually did a piece this week about. Um, hold on, I got to call it up here. About um, the uh, the year in Kickstarter, uh, the year in publishing on Kickstarter, which uh, and uh, and comics is pulled out as a separate category. But in 2014, uh, the comics publishing category um, raised 9.7 million dollars. Now, it's down from what they raised in 2013, which was uh, they raised $12.5 million in, uh, in 2013. But there are ev- they, uh, it, it, it did it on even more campaigns that were launched. There were uh, 1,582 campaigns uh, launched in 2014, 825 successful campaigns out of that. 
and the actual the success rate for comics uh, projects actually climbed, uh, increased to fifty two percent. Among the highest, I think dance has the highest <laughs> uh, <laughs> for true. some dance reason. Is number one, but well, among the highest success rates on on the, on the platform. Well, I think you know comics fans have come to know Kickstarter well. And I think comics creators have maybe got the slightly more realistic idea of what people will pay for. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. So, and, and in fact, some of the most actually innovative um, uh, campaigns are coming out of the comics category. Uh, um, uh, some of the most visionary where you see people like Last Gasp and Fantagraphics yeah. who are like funding entire seasons of book publishing, you know, using Kickstarter. So, uh, so. Publishing and comics publishing alive and well uh, on Kickstarter. Actually, for those who might be interested, uh, there were about twenty. Uh, there was twenty-two million dollars raised in in, com- in publishing in general. Not, that does not include the comics sec- uh, sector, uh, which uh, is just a little bit below what they did in twenty. Uh, what publishing did in twenty thirteen, uh, and they did it despite the facts that Kickstarter pulled journalism out of the publishing category and gave it its own category. So, Well, we have one more thing, and it just takes one brief for you guys. Um, those of you who've been tuning in for a while know about Humble Bundle, know that it's a pay-what-you-will sort of site that now does comics as well. Well, Image has a new bundle on Humm- oh, Humble true. Bundle, and it is chock-full of their biggest hits, including Walking Dead, Saga, uh, Wicked and the Divine, Velvet. I mean... Everything. It's got practically everything. Um, so you might want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good deal. Um, you know what? One more news note. Uh, actually, today is the debut of Star Wars number one oh, from Marvel, oh. their first, which has already uh, sold a million copies. Now, it has a hundred variant covers, so that is <laughs> it a It has mere, a million variant covers. <laughs> that's only uh, 1,000 copies per cover, but, um, you know, or 10,000. Anyway, I'm not very good at math, people. But uh, anyway, uh, and also apparently Loot Crate. We're not, we're, we're, people, we haven't really broken down the sales yet, but um, the issue came out. There's signings with a lot of the variant cover artists around the country. Uh, and already... Uh, 2015 is off to a rousing start for Star Wars comics. Right. There you go. So there will definitely be more to come. Yes. On that. Oh yes. So well, all right, guys. Uh, 2015 is here, and I guess there'll be more to come. 